0: Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R. L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. In Matthew 7 and verse 22, it's just now 25 after 11, and so we'll get out. It says we get out, okay? We'll probably pick up tonight. With the part two, but as we were closing the church service in Africa, an hour and thirty minutes just to begin to close the church service. hour and thirty minutes. All you Christian heads can't stay awake for an hour when you come to church in America. Shame on you. You can watch a TV show and eat popcorn and sleep with your eyes open. Look at that thing. So let's be attentive today because what I have to say is from the Lord. And you can judge for yourself. Verse 22 Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have you not prophesied in your name? In your name cast out devils? In your name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Notice with me, Jesus didn't say, You know them by their, didn't they, they didn't say, uh, have we done, do we have many wonderful fruit? So, the last part of 23, you that work iniquity. So there's a key here to discerning what a false prophet is, is that they, they, they made your own works and there's no fruit. Jesus said, you know them by their what? Fruit, not works. So, a false prophet then manages on works that builds up himself. But a true prophet has certainly the fruit of the Spirit and good works that glorifies Christ. And uh, I think it was Wednesday night. The Lord gave me a little simple statement here, and I'll just give it to you. A false prophet prophesies something that is False. That's deep, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the catch. He presents what he's prophesying as absolute truth, yep. anointed by a demon. Right. Wow. Right. The purpose is to lead people away from Jesus. It's nothing new. We're living in the church age today, and these false ones are among us. For example, we all know as you go to Revelation chapter 2 and and verse 2, that chapter 2 and 3, of course, is dealing with the church age that we live in. Chapter 2 and chapter 3, we're we're living in those times. And so Jesus said this in Revelation 2, 2. I'm talking about an infection that's got into the church. I know your works, and thy labor, and thy patience. And I know how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. So now we have supposed self-proclaimed apostles that are liars, which are also false prophets, almost one and the same, Where are they at? In the church. In the church. But yet they set themselves up as real. I said they set themselves up as real. The purpose is to lead people astray. Away from the gospel. And they, they feed on people that do not know any different. They feed on babes in the Lord. They might be saved, but they haven't been taught. They don't know right from wrong, and they can't discern, and they're hungry for God, and they're vulnerable to these false ones with a false message, and they cannot discern the difference. And so they're sucked into this vacuum that leads them away from Jesus and accosting on their soul unless the truth gets to them. That's what a false prophet does. They work for the devil, not God. So, false doctrines then we must deal with. I want to look at Matthew 13 this morning. And let's look at verse 10 and 11. The disciples came and said to him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it is given to you to know The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, that is a difficult portion of scripture because we have nothing to do with it. It's between the person and the Godhead. But for reasons unknown, there are people that cannot hear the truth. Then there are those that do and respond to the truth, and that's between them and the Lord. All we are charged to do is present the truth and let people make a rational decision based on the end result. Amen. There's no excuse for anyone being led astray today in America. You all have a Bible. That is the revelation of God, the scripture. But then a false prophet then twists the scripture to manipulate people, and that is sin. It'll cost them in the end. and unfortunately, it's going to cost a lot of precious people that mean well but are led astray. But we drop down to verse 24 of that same chapter this morning. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed seed. He sowed good seed in the field. While men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among them and went his way. The enemy sowed the tares. God brought that home to me a couple of years ago. And it's still true, more relevant today than ever. The enemy is the devil. Can I have an amen? The tares are his ministers. They are sown in the church. When the blade was sprung up, verse 25, and while men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, notice not works, but fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, dost thou, dost not thou sow good seed in the field, and whence then hath it tares? Now we can liken this to the world, of course, and the church in the world, but I'm likening it to the church and the tares in the church, all right? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, "Wilt thou that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow up together until the harvest, and in the time of the harvest, I will say the reapers. Gather it together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The barn is heaven. The wheat are the believers. The tares are going to hell with the angel, Satan. All fallen angels, demons, they're all going to burn forever in hell. But What we have to deal with is the church setting. Now some of you are lulled by demonic activity. That's what keeps you out of the house of God. That's what keeps you from understanding the word of God. That's what keeps you out of the anointing and attempts to prevent the perfect will of God from coming to pass in your life. That's from the devil. You've got to deal with that. And if you don't, no one else is going to. We are accountable and responsible to God for how we do, how we act, our actions, reactions, what we do and do not do in this life. You're responsible for yourself. Amen. I think I can speak for everyone here this morning. We refuse to let the devil lord over us in anything. Amen. And if he gets a toehold somewhere or a headlock somewhere, he will persist if you don't get rid of it. If you don't get rid of him in your life. And so we have this problem of demon activity in the church. And that's because that Satan wants to take the church down. If he can take the church down and cause people to stray from the faith... That's been the message for the last two years in me, and it's still in me today, and I'm going to have to keep preaching on it, probably from different angles until the Lord says otherwise. keep the faith and stay in grace, keep the faith and stay in grace, that is the message that God gave me, I haven't heard anyone ever preach that, but it is true, keep the faith and stay in grace, yes, amen. that's the message, amen, but people don't know what the faith is and how to stay in grace. That's because the enemy has sown corrupt thoughts in your mind through false doctrine. When we receive a false doctrine, we receive a wrong spirit. And it must be excised from the body. Or it will even up and destroy everything and everyone. That's the ministry of the pastor, prophet, blah, blah, blah. Is to come against these things that try to steal, kill, and destroy you. Let's go to Acts chapter 20, please, this morning. So I'm talking about an infection. In Africa, there's a certain supposed self-proclaimed bishop that has 20,000 people, if I remember right, following his, his ministry. It isn't our ministry. It's God's ministry. Amen. But he says now if you'll use my soap that's anointed soap it will wash away your sins and it will also keep you from sinning every day and people buy it because they're children they don't understand false doctrine and demonic activity there is no soap in the Bible that'll wash away your sins there's only one thing that'll wash away our sins and that is the blood of Christ and that alone So it's false, but yet people are gullible, ignorant, and follow this to their own destruction. That bothers me. But thank God for Zambia. He flew into the Zambia airport with the big whoop-de-doo, and the government kicked them out. Say amen. Amen. That's a Christian nation. Oh, they'd be invited here. We'd welcome them with open arms for all the other Muslims. Come on, somebody. We have an infection, and it must be dealt with. But if it's not dealt with first behind the pulpit, where does that leave those in the pew? In, in Acts 20, 29, Paul, this was Paul's burden that he had, everybody. He knew he was going to leave. I'm talking about the great apostle Paul. He knew he was going to leave, he knew he was going to be killed. He was ready to go, he'd run the race, he kept the faith. But he made this statement now I know this that after my departing, shall grievous wolves. Entering among you, sparing not the flock. False prophets would come in. Into the church. He knew it was going to happen. Also your own selves shall men arise. Of your own selves shall men arise. Speaking perverse things. And draw away disciples after them. No, it's not the sinners and the ungodly they're drawn away. It's the disciples that are young in the Lord, don't know any different, haven't had time to be discipled by a spiritual father, and they're vulnerable to the lies of Antichrist's spirit. Yeah. Right. It bothers me. Therefore, watch, remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. In other words, I've warned you this is going to happen. Three years. I warned you. Where's the warnings today? The seeker sensitive nonsense that we have in this country is not the gospel. You hear what I'm saying, people? If the person behind the pulpit is a man pleaser, he is not the servant of Christ. Oh, we want this feel-good gospel religion in our country. And if we don't get it, we'll find us a soft-spoken prophet that'll tell us what we want. Yeah, you got itching ears. Tell us what we want to hear. Uh Uh-huh. To your own destruction. It's time that we get the head out of our dark place and look up our redemption is drawn nigh. But oh, it's going to be that way in the last days. We can't stop it, but we can stay out of it. We can stay out of it. Tonight we world going to be a separate saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. That's the problem. We've adapted the ways of the world into the church. Right. Along with the ways of the world. Comes the spirits of the world. Right into the congregation. And so it's not a pleasant thing to think about. But it's reality in these last days. I do know this much everybody. God's going to have a glorious church. He's going to have people that's going to make the rapture. Jesus didn't die in vain. But the broad road leads many to destruction. There's only a few to get on the straight and narrow and stay there. Amen. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. Monica didn't think you would do this just coming back from a missions trip. Well you didn't think right. What did Jesus say in Matthew seven fifteen? Beware of false prophets. Yep. Beware of them. Oh, they—the devil gives them the talents, the abilities, their charisma. They wear their fancy clothes, and you know, and they make people feel good. And got these gimmicks to control you, manipulate you, and and, and milk you of every dollar you have in your pocket yep. to heap upon themselves. So a false prophet then is selfish. Doesn't care about anything or anyone other than their supposed ministry that's really not from God to start with. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Like Brother Monty said one time, where did they get the clothes, the sheep clothes? Where did they get the sheep's skin? They killed the sheep, put it on, and covered themselves up as an innocent sheep, and all the time they're a ravening wolf. They come in very subtle into the church. That's the reason I don't accept just anybody who comes in here as a church member. They're going to show some fruit, some commitment, some dedication to consecration to the will of God to get a hold of vision and not try to sow discord among their brethren. Or they're not going to be in here. Not the shoe fence wearing. Amen. Amen. I'm looking for people that are sincere in serving God. I don't have time anymore to waste my breath on people that could care less about what really matters in their spiritual house. Go your own way. The devil will provide a false prophet that leads you to hell. And not one thing I can do about it. Except warn you. Beware of false prophets. Is that a warning or not? Beware of false prophets. Watch out. Be on guard because you're slick. They remind me of a car salesman. Oh yeah. That car right there. That was a pastor's car. They only drove it to church. Lion dog. I don't trust a a car salesman that grins all the time. Don't trust him, no. I don't trust a preacher all the time that grins and smiles all the time and never really gets on hell, sin, rebellion, and things that keep people out of heaven. It's always good stuff. Hmm? There's two sides to the coin, and Jesus dealt with the negative first. So that's the key. Now it isn't all negative, but once we deal with the negative, then we have the positive. So the word has to be preached and taught. It's like a sword. It cuts this way and that way. It fixes people. It it, it repairs them, restores them. Then they get into worship and and, and get right with God. That's what matters. There's no other way. Now a false prophet will give you a lot of ways to get to God. Hello, Joel. Wake up, people. There's only one way to get to God. Amen. And that's the Lord Jesus and His cross. Or You're going to hell. Amen. Not two ways. Not three. One way. Right. The Son of God said to Himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Me. Right. All else that try to come up any other way is a thief and a robber. Well, God's building some bridges. <laughs> Those bridges are going nowhere, folks. So, you see, we've got to deal with this. We don't have mega churches, we have mega messes. Blind leading to blind, so they're not both falling in the ditch. So, I have a very sour outlook on the mega mess. Because if they do not preach the gospel, they are not a gospel preacher. If they omit the cross as the only way of salvation and redemption, they are a false prophet. Preaching lies and people love it to be sold. Well, there's a judgment coming. And we need to be sure our house is in order. Amen. Amen. So, a false prophet then doesn't warn you about anything. We're all doing okay. You know, God's grace is sufficient. Blah, blah, blah. No, there's conditions to being in grace, there's conditions to staying in grace. Amen. Let's look at Matthew 18 and verse 6. This is not going over too good. It doesn't matter to me anymore, folks. Amen. What matters is the truth is spoken. What matters the truth is preached and taught to you. And give you an opportunity to accept or reject the truth. If you accept the truth. The Lord will make you free. If you reject it, you'll stand bondage. it get worse. You don't want that, do you? Of course not. So here's what a false prophet does. They offend the little ones. They offend those babies of the Lord that are just saved. That's what really bothers me about this country. We get somebody saved. We, we get them saved. Uh, uh, on the right road, we begin to teach them some, some proper doctrine where they can get their foundation secure. Then here comes all these other church ministries to pull them astray. Yep. Right. Hello. What spirit is that? Proselyting people from one church to another is wrong. Now if God leads them there and they, they, they're sure, then fine. If God leads somebody here, fine, we're, we're, we're glad to have them. But then I don't try to go to some other church and pull them out of their church when they belong there. Right. That's wrong. Right. And some people that come from other churches, they can just stay over there. Because <laughs> they're bringing all their mess. And all their false teachings. And all of their demon activity. But that's okay if they want to get rid of it. But they can't come in and change the foundation. Right. That's a wrong spirit. We have to reject it. You understand what I'm saying? So, a stumbling block is a serious situation here in verse 6 but whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me. Now, they're babes. I think about Africa. They're babes that they have a zeal, they're zealous for God, but they don't know anything. For a year. where's the some mega churches at? What are they doing? Oh, I know what they say they're doing. But I know this much. We're just a speck of dirt in God's kingdom. But we can make a difference where the speck of dirt goes. I mean, man, things is happening in Zambia. I mean... Zion Word Church is just growing. And why is that? Well, because the foundation is being laid. And now we're building upon that, and they're taking it and going with it. And now we've got to establish another church in the Congo. And so now it's pretty soon to me start thinking about this, but now I've got to go to Rwanda in December one way or the other. Because this church needs to be established in the Congo, where Christians are getting killed, but yet they're on fire for God. About thirty of them traveled down to the convention there. They're looking for us to come, and I said we would. But <clears throat> when I got home after this trip, I didn't feel good. zit jet lag and everything? And you know, and I sat down at the computer and go through about. 300 emails and I come down to this one. Here's your invitation letter. Bad time to send it to me. Real bad. <laughs> so you see, we have the faults to deal with, but thank God there's a true. There's a true that we can present to people. And it's the truth of the gospel. So I'm going, I'm going to close here and we'll pick up tonight and I didn't get too far, did I? Well, that's all right. But the Lord did, I'm beginning to close, see. I'm not going to waste time. It'd be better for him that a millstone hanged about his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. And that's talking about a false prophet leading a babe away. It would be better for that false prophet to be thrown over. Because there's no fruit or anything like that. So then, a false prophet then causes a stumbling block in the faith. A stumbling block in the faith. I think that's a good place for me to stop right there. Because you see, what serves not a faith is sin. Now, what is a stumbling block? The stumbling block is quite simple. Any other message of salvation than Jesus and Him crucified is a stumbling block. So any prophet that says and prophesies that there is another way of salvation other than Jesus and Him crucified is a false prophet. Any supposed prophet or prophetess that says you can be saved by works is a false prophet. Any person that denies the Lord Jesus and His shed blood on the cross and yet is religious with all the gimmicks and gizmos of today is a false prophet. I'm here to remind us again without the shedding of blood there was no forgiveness of sins. And we stray away from Jesus and his gospel and we're doomed. I don't care who you are. Some mega one super macho prophet whatever your silly title is. You stray away from the gospel and you won't make it. Our only hope As the Lord Jesus. Our only hope is the gospel truth. So we are to preach the gospel. The first message I was preaching in South Africa, we were preaching about faith and and, and, and all of that and and grace and everything and going through some of those subjects. And uh, this one guy goes, "Well, well, he's a gospel preacher. You got that right glad to be what other kind of preacher is there that God acknowledges as true than a gospel preacher now that preaching the gospel involves many different variables and subjects but the number one subject and focal point is the cross amen as long as we keep our faith in the cross all provisions come from the father God through the cross down to us by faith That's the way that it works. No other way. No such thing as soap washing away your sins. Then I saw this guy that was selling anointed water to drink, that'd heal you. Not in the Bible. Things that we can't find in the Scripture that people use as gimmicks in the church to deceive people for money is from the devil. Reject it. Don't get caught up in it, because it's, it's, it's worldwide. It's not just over in Africa. It's worldwide. Even here we got it big time. Just a different flavor. And when the trumpet sounds, we're going to find out just who's ready to go. Amen. And I'm concerned there's too many people going the wrong way. We dare not bring God down to fit what we want him to be like. That's religion. We must rise to his standard or we're out. What's his standard? Faith in Jesus. And that's it. Nothing added to. Nothing taken away. Faith in Jesus, the Son of God. What he did for us on the cross so we could be saved. Just as simple as we can make it. Any other message is not from God. Am I making it perfectly clear today? Any other message for salvation is not from God. Therefore, it must be rejected, and the one preaching it must be rejected. When you read Joyce Meyer's statement of faith, you will find that it is all false. Every bit of it, I've had enough. Going to be lulled in by these identifying your calamities, and my calamities, and you know, you better start checking out the foundation of these preachers, lest you be deceived and led astray and wind up on the road down. You hear what I'm saying? It isn't about people, but it's about. The stupidity of these supposed preachers that allow this nonsense to come in and be preached to you as absolute truth and it is a lie.